0: Right, ignore that. <laughs> Even though I've, every white guy impulse in me wants to continue <laughs> the singing of the song, you want to hit the start timer yeah. on there. You want to hit. Yeah, yeah. You want to start podcasting, genius. Yeah.
1: do zombies eat popcorns with their hands?
0: Uh, do zombies eat (laughs) popcorns with their hands? I don't know, Jacques.
1: No, they eat the fingers separately. Next. (laughs) All right, hey, what do you call a pumpkin? Who does stupid things, Biff? Ah.
0: But what do you call a pumpkin who does stupid things?
1: A jackass lantern
2: <laughs> Joe! Oh! <laughs> Joe! Where's
0: Joe? I'm going to say I'm <laughs> in <incantation> right now. <laughs> and I'm going to hope that that Joe arrives. Okay. Ready? Joe. 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 I I guess he's not coming. I guess he's not coming.
1: So in your world, Biff sounds like Gilbert Gottfried.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, he does. All Uh. Japanese people sound like Gilbert
1: Gottfried to me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques, and I'm Biff.
0: <laughs> um, no, I'm John. I'm just kidding. I don't want to confuse the people. This is your old pal Joe. Biff was. Um, I don't know. Did he? Did his visa run
1: out, or no, he's a citizen, right? Nope. No, but he just washed up. No, he he texted just before we recorded our sideshow. It's like, dude, is there any way I can bail? I started work at three o'clock this morning, and I'm like, yes, it's more than okay. Um, so we 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 are biffless, we are rudderless, but Joe and I will persevere. Um, Joe, since I haven't talked to you in ten minutes, how are you?
0: Oh, uh, just dandy. Everything's fine.
1: I couldn't be happier. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, we just recorded a sideshow. Joe and I saw a comedy show at the prestigious Mill Number no. 5 in Lowell last month. Mondo Comedy, which I don't Do you want to do a whole bit on the lighting of Mondo Comedy? Uh, <laughs> but with uh, a comedian, um, Jim Colton. Colleton. Colleton. He himself he, says that nobody <laughs> can remember his name so that's why his website is Jim Watt and, and he's on all the social seriously as Jim Watt really really nice guy funny guy uh I board I bored Joe we bored Joe we bored everybody when it drops next week because it's it turns out that Jim and I were at the same college at the same time uh both you know on the ice trying out for the Fitchburg state hockey team his wife was in TV production. The same time I was in film production. It's a tiny school, <laughs> like it's. But uh, it was a great. It drops next week. Uh, it should be a fun listen. Uh, Jim, you know, headlined it, that show that Joe and I saw. Like I said, did great crowd work. Uh, it was. It, what do you think of our chat with Jim?
0: I think it was great. I liked. Uh, I liked all the Fitchburg talk. I was, you know, I was hoping to get more, uh, more like old Fitchburg stories that I haven't heard. But um, unfortunately, I think you've told all
1: the Fitchburg stories
0: that you could possibly remember.
1: <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. Uh, that's why I would. I would love, like, you know, some old Fitchburg pals to come on. And, like you know, my friend John, Joe, John, and I hung out, like, one night. And John was having me tell stories and, and, and correcting them. <laughs> I forget where we were, like, you know, having a couple of It was like a beers. restaurant, Yeah. He's like, well, that's kind of how it happened, Chuck. But what you actually were doing that night
0: right. was—it's like Rashomon, except drunker.
1: <laughs> uh, so, so Halloween is tonight, Joe. Big, big
0: plans. Uh, I'm gonna dress up as a Ghostbuster, and then um, I don't know—just uh, I guess stay in the basement. <laughs> I, well,
1: no, I'm not talking every other night of the year. What are you doing special? No, that's about? it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> do you do you guys get trick or treaters down down that? Down that dark uh, no. alleyway, crime alley that you live at the end of.
0: <laughs> I wish it was crime alley. I could do more crimes. <laughs> no, we don't get many of that. Um, I guess maybe it would help if I turned on the porch light, like on <laughs> on Halloween night. Uh, yeah, I guess because of COVID last year, we didn't get a whole lot. I don't know. It was weird um, tonight. You know, now that Halloween is on a Monday night, that's kind of a buzzkill too. So. I don't know, maybe we'll have a better turnout this year.
1: So so this isn't my parenting tip, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you weigh in on, on the parenting. So my oldest, who's 15, decides he's going to go with this certain costume. And an old friend of his, who we haven't seen in a while, same age, who lives in another town over, his mom and that kid and his brother came to our house for a, a pumpkin carving party last week. That kid is wearing... Uh, a costume that coincides with my son, and it is Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> mm. And it's like, are, are we okay letting our fifteen-year-olds go out as as New New Mexico's number one and number two? Yeah, King- why
0: can't they dress up like uh, hockey mask wearing murderers, like the good old days? <laughs> you know, like the pure, wholesome stuff. Like the guy who appears in your dreams that with a. <laughs> With a razor blade uh, laden gloves. You know, oh. they, wholesome family
1: friendly costumes. <laughs> point 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 taken. Thank, thank you for talking me off the wood. And I did. I went to a Halloween party at our friend um Tom Rogan's house, who uh owner of Good Now Chocolate, who's done the podcast, and it was he has an old farmhouse in, in, in Sudbury where the chocolate factory is and I asked him if he flew in set designers from L.A. because it was spooktacularly awesome. You see, wow. see, see what I did there? I really had a, a there. There you go. <laughs> and thing. Uh, and right now, you know, because everybody wants to know, uh, management, uh, my current wife is on her, I think, final leg of the – it's got to be the final leg of the year of Duran Duran, 2022. She right now is in Vegas. They play last night. They're playing a Halloween show tonight. And then she's seeing them at a casino somewhere between Vegas and L.A. on Wednesday. And then I think it's Saturday night seeing them inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wow. Is she inducting them? She <laughs> I, you know d- dude, I, I it, look, if they don't give her at least a shout out, so it, it will. It will be like the seventh city fourth country that she's seen shows just this tour. But in 2018 when he announced, oh, in 2022 or in 2020 we're doing a 40th year anniversary, she started saving up. So she had two extra years. Thank you, COVID.
0: <laughs> Luckily, your kids have no chance of getting into any college.
1: None, so you
0: don't have none, that to
1: worry about as a financial none, uh, no, burden. You, you know, now, now that ITT Tech isn't around, you know, maybe they got to shut up Barberson. Like, I don't know if they want to be models
2: or just, or just look like, look
1: like- <laughs> 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 we are so stupid. Uh, uh, so, you know what? I'm jumping down to the next thing that I had on the list. Joe and I are so stupid. It, it hurts, but how stupid are? But we're a happy little, you know. Uh, it's, we're champion spellers. Let's we, just put it that. Way. It's so uh, as we've been talking on the podcast the last several months. When management goes away, usually on these Duran Duran, you know, journeys are to Duran to runs from the house. <laughs> now uh,
0: I'm workshopping she, stuff. I'm sorry,
1: Joe, Joe comes over and we watch old movies. We watch new movies that we haven't seen together. We watch, but lately we've been spiraling and you know, last time he came over, we watched probably one of the worst episodes of Johnny Carson and it starred Steve Martin and we loved every horrible minute. But Joe came over a couple weeks ago and and for an audience of two, we fell down the TV 38 rabbit hole and I honestly don't know Anybody who even knows the shows that we watched Joe for for you know for 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 Guitar Center Scotty why don't you tell everybody what TV 38 was and what we watched
0: TV 38 was an independent station it's still on it's um it doesn't have an affiliation anymore but back in the 80s it was the go-to local Boston independent station for stuff like uh you know uh, Red Sox games uh Bruins games, and um, they had their own, like, kind of like mini culture there. They they had a a, a guy named Dana Hersey who would host a, a nightly show called The Movie Loft because every night at eight o'clock, because they didn't have a network affiliation, there was a UHF channel. Kids, Google UHF, you'll have a blast. Um, and you'll find Weird Al's uh, movie when you Google it. Anyway, the, um, the local movie host, Dana Hersey, Um, Be kind of became a a personality unto himself. And because they were starved for original programming or any programming, they would uh, put on this show that kind of took you behind the scenes to the inner workings of TV 38. And it was called Ask the Manager, where before social media and before the internet, uh, viewers would write in, you know, on postcards uh, to the station and the, uh, you know, Dana Hersey and the general manager of the station whose name escapes me right now would read, um, you know, sit at a desk in, in, in a fake office and just sort of read from these postcards like, you know, uh, why did you, you know, why don't you show more you know, Cary Grant movies or, you know, why is, um, you were actually wrong on this little factoid about, you know this 1940s movie you showed it three months ago, and they would just sort of address questions, but they'd also like bust each other, bust each other's chops. Um, in the particular episodes that we would watch, or we watch Jack, uh, Dana Hersey took on the role of the manager, and um, in the actual manager's absence, and filling in his seat was local broadcast legend, legend Sean McDonough. Who I think was a a a, a the ripe age of twenty five or something when yeah, he was doing that 23, show twenty
1: three twenty four and and his dad was a very prominent sports writer but Sean McDonough I you know I don't even know if he had started doing Red Sox games at the point or or maybe he was just starting his broadcast
0: and Jesus career. didn't that guy ever have hair never I mean... <laughs> never but um yeah so Dana Hersey was just sort of like this he you know he would wear his uh, tweed jacket with the uh, suede uh, patches and he would just sit there tapping a pencil kind of like very David Letterman-esque and he would just sort of rip into Sean for not reading the questions properly or um, just busting his balls in general, making fun of his tie, you know, just like a
1: real, like like a bully would, like (laughs) a real pompous ass bully would. (laughs) The funny thing is some of these letters we like six pages long. Like people in the early 80s would just write letters to the manager of this independent UHF station. Uh, and, and, and my favorite ones were because sometimes Dana Hersey and his bullying of Sean would make him hold up or show the camera the letters where I don't know if it was a production assistant. I don't know if McDonough did it. Would highlight the entire letter instead of just a highlight <laughs> instead of literally highlighting the best parts
0: or the parts you want them to read they it's basically yeah all you know just the first 3 chapters of war and peace if you could just highlight those and have them read on the air that would be fantastic
1: that'll lead up in the, a good 15 minute chunk they also had this show and i don't know how long it it ran i don't know how many episodes are out there but joe and i very much enjoyed a show called we don't knock why don't you bring up, you know, why don't you tell Paul Ruger about, well, Paul Ruger might actually re- remember, the blind squirrel might actually remember, because he's a couple years older than us, and, uh, and and it, you know, he didn't move out to L.A. till a couple years before I did, so he was, he was ground zero at the height of TV 38, but bring out the good people into what We Don't Knock was.
0: Uh, well, uh, We Don't Knock was another Dana Hersey-hosted show on TV 38, where the premise of the show. And I think we talked about this in the podcast before. And then, by the way, all of this was introduced, uh, the, the show We Don't Knock was reintroduced into my universe by a guy who does a podcast, the TV Guidance Counselor, this guy named Ken Reed is a comic in, in Boston. But, um, so check out more Ken Reed stuff. If you want to hear like nerdy, Boston-oriented TV uh, musings, check out Ken Reed's stuff on TV Guidance Counselor. Shout out to Ken Reed. Anyway, We Don't Knock is, yeah, Dana Hersey would go with his camera crew to various hotspots in Boston. And the premise is that they didn't arrange their his arrival ahead of time. And he would just sort of go with a, you know, with this sort of guerrilla style camera crew into say WBCN in Boston. And it was so, I guess, off the cuff that they didn't even have the right directions to get to, to, to yeah, WBCN. they couldn't find
1: wbc they One couldn't day. find
0: WBCN. they had the address or something like that maybe they just like it had a street name and boston and it was like okay <laughs> we know it's on boylston street so they pull into this gas station where if you're from boston you know where this, this gas station is still there it's on the corner of boylston and i think it's kill monarch uh it's like right before storo drive uh, it's past three Dunkin Donuts you take a wicked right at the kid <laughs> test on fireworks um and this segment is them pulling into the gas station and asking guys hi I'm Dana Hersey I'm looking for WBCN Does anybody know where WBCN is? And then the guy wouldn't speak English all that well, so then they would have another guy come in and say, "Yeah, it's right over there." And it's like, "Oh, thanks, thanks a lot." You know, by the way, I'm Dana Hersey with WB uh, uh, with TV thirty eight. We're just looking for WBCN. Do you want to fight? By the way, because I'm Dana Hersey.
1: <laughs> I guess Dana Hersey had a rep of going around to bars in Boston and saying,
0: "I'm Dana Hersey. Let's fight." So the episode we watched is with him like busting in on Charles Lockwidera's big mattress show, which was a institution on boston radio wbcn 104.1 which is look, now probably i don't i think they just i think they just have dial tones now look there's
1: think- there's a great documentary wbcn truly and charles lacadera changed radio probably more than any other dj and in, in station in, in history i mean i mean that there's a great documentary about wbcn but get back to dana hersey and 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 Walking into restaurants and eating people's food.
0: Yeah, he would go to like the the restaurant above the the, the Ratskeller, right? I was, am I remember? Yeah, that yeah, or, yep, yeah, uh, that's it. And yeah, they, they were they were having ribs, and he was just going up to people's. Tables and going. Hi, I'm Dana Hersey. I'm gonna take a rib off your plate. Do you mind if I take a rib off your plate? Hey, Charlie. Charlie, who runs the camera, have a have a part of this woman's ribs that are you know she paid good money for them, and we're gonna just take them right off her plate. And um, him trying to like haggle with the bouncer to get downstairs with the camera crew, and it was just wild, and it was you know real avant-garde kind of stuff. But there also were uh, produced sketches too.
1: Yes. Yes. And and one of the sketches that we saw, the the uh, briefs versus boxer fashion police one, uh, we ended up seeing like, was it like 2020 or like some no, national it was show? No, pic-
0: bloopers and practical jokes with Dick Clark and Ed McMahon. They had a segment <laughs> where they would show local comedy. And the, we saw the original airing and then we saw Dick Clark or Ed McMahon introducing the same segment later in this montage that we were watching
1: and, and because joe and i have that kind of time we fall down the rabbit hole of oh i wonder whatever happened with this actress who's on this sketch-ish show on an independent uhf <laughs> channel in on 1983 and then yeah. just find and now, out i'm
0: not gonna brag but i think she follows me on twitter now so I don't- <laughs> <laughs> or at least i follow no i don't know yeah it's it's amazing. And then in that Charles Lacquadera segment, you see a young Billy West, um, you know, voiceover legend Billy West, who went onto the Stern show not long after that segment. Uh, but then there was also that segment where on Ask the Manager, where they literally had Dana Hersey with a handheld mic go through the annals of the station and just show you like, you know, this is the editing bay. Uh, This is where all our archived footage are. Um, This is like a desk where, on ask the manager, I had I was bumping my knee against the side of the desk here, so we just hollowed out this portion of the desk. (laughs) So he well he didn't he didn't initially hollow it out. He busted it in with his foot, like because it was you know it's made out of like pre IKEA wood, you know, (laughs) and uh, then they uh, you know did a better job of making it more comfortable for him but um it, yeah just fascinating like just above uh public access level production values and i wanted to i, I wanted to live in this universe i didn't want to leave no I was like it was like watching the beatles get back you know like i didn't want to leave The Ringo's side or Paul. What do you mean
1: there's only seven hours to this documentary? (laughs) I thought it was. And and, and Joe and I were watching it and we're laughing and we're thinking, who else? Like, is there. Is there anybody else on a Saturday night? Like like I mean, like Joe and I our kids are old enough like if we want to go to a bar and hang out, if we want to go see something if we want. But I don't think we want it to be any place else other than sitting there and just sharing the moments of watching that stuff. The, I don't he, think the uh, YouTube algorithm knows how to program for me <laughs> cuz they
0: are like we have nothing to compare this to. We don't know what you're into. Do you, you want to watch beheading videos? Is that what you're into? Two matches. <laughs> we don't know
1: <laughs> yes going <laughs> from the Dana hersey kicking out the desk and getting in trouble for it, but then they custom they fix the desk and then unfix it for him so he can get his knees on and we're just howling the whole time it was uh oh, you shouldn't have that much fun watching something that benign but hey there you have it um uh, if i could find the old segment i would play it right here before we start this um uh, joe 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 one time boxed me into a corner with a little game he liked to call how racist is Jacques?" <laughs> uh
0: Every, basically this is a game that anybody can play Chatwick bozeman
1: so there, there, there we go now that said i had another brush with am am, am i a racist the other day uh Because uh, I'm not a real manly man and we've only had the pool for five years and I'm not comfortable with, am I closing this right or am I going to fuck up the time-space continuum? We, We were looking for a pool person to come and the person who's closed our pool for the last few years doesn't work for that company. That company doubled its rates. So I'm on different apps like Angie's and this thing called Thumbtack trying to find pool people this one pool guy writes back saying oh yeah you know i can come out blah blah blah. this is a rate does this day work and i wanted management to be here so i wouldn't have to play the telephone game or explaining like how they did it the guy shows up uh black dude and as i see them walking down the side of the house i get management we go to meet them in the pool and he's introducing himself and i'm like yeah, I think you came out a couple of years ago when we were fixing, trying to fix his pump and we end up getting a new one. It's like, no, I don't think I've been here. I'm like, OK. And in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck. does every black guy with dreads look the same to me? Am I that guy? And then, you know, my wife said, you know, when I said, oh, my name's Jacques. He goes, oh, I have a cousin named Jacques. I'm like, I swear to God, dude, I think you've been here because I have a, not a very, very common name. And I we had a black pool guy. I didn't say this to him, but in my head, I'm like, we had a black pool guy who came here before who's has a cousin named Jacques. And then I said, oh, so how did you get into the whole pool thing? He goes, oh, you know, growing up, my uncle had a pool company. I'm like, dude. You've been here. And I told him, I'm like, yeah, I remember you said your uncle and then you've been doing this. He goes, yeah, oh, you know what, I think. And I'm like, wait, is he the racist? Do, do we all look the same to him?
0: It would be funny if he asked, ended the conversation. I'm sorry, man. All white guys look alike to me. So, And,
1: and, and look, he would not be wrong. Like, he would, like, I'm still doing the stand-up thing. You know, been going out to Ralph's in Worcester. And there's like 15 people, eight of us. My mom could not pick out of the police lineup. (laughs) It's like all scruffly bearded, you know, hat wearing chunky white guys. I mean, you 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 all look like you co-owned Miramax at some point. (laughs) So but I did in my head when I first said, Dude, I think you've been here. Like, like, oh yeah, I remember this dude. I'm not racist completely a different black guy and then i go through that whole drill in my head of like oh okay then i'm like yeah so who's a racist now right
0: um so did you like kick him off the property oh, you, you yeah. don't stand for I, racism
1: yeah. <laughs> um but that, that that was a fun thing and it, it, it's again Cut, cut it close because management want to have the pool open for our annual pumpkin carving you know, party here. And it's fun. And last year, it was 80 degrees. It was one of those weird, for some reason, the week before, I was going out at like 1 in the morning just to make sure the pump was on so the pipes wouldn't freeze. Mm-hmm. And then the day before, the day of the party, it was 80 degrees. And it became a pool party. And you know, and kids are awesome. It's like, well, I didn't bring my bathing suit, but can I go in your pool? In my pants like – sure if your parents are cool with it we're cool and so for the aesthetic because it looks nicer being open she didn't want to shut it and it was uh it was not an 80 degree day it was about a 55 degree day but somehow a bunch of kids wound up eh, mid-60s but it's been cold anyways we we closed it all good the next day it hit 30 degrees like you know at at night i'm like yeah thank gosh we did this and no one cares about that uh but people do care uh, and, and you and I haven't talked about this, Joe uh, or or, or Beth, whichever we're calling you. Uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. What are your thoughts?
0: Hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic now, I don't know. I I mean, people were saying Twitter was a dumpster fire. Uh, you know the, the the people on Twitter are tweeting that Twitter is a dumpster fire, and they put up with it anyway, or you know they they shout into the wind and uh, or tweet into the wind. And uh, they're still on Twitter. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's a new movement among lefties to go to this other app called Tribal. Uh, T-R-I-B-L-E, I think it's how it's spelled. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll check it out. But it seems like there are going to be some like very hard line like progressives who are going to be like yeah I'm not putting up with a potential influx of anti-semitism and n-wordism um, that's going to be allowed under the guise of free speech and um possibly the the um, kind of like at the uh, end of uh, Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker they're bringing back Emperor Palpatine they're going to maybe bring back um, Donald Trump yeah, yeah uh Deluxe And um, I I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Donald Trump is too proud
1: to come back. You know, he he would never, you know, I, I, so, so the things, first of all, I've, I for a long time have been in the camp that, Hey, Elon Musk is a real fucking piece of shit. I've been, you know, his his SpaceX thing, great. He's done some great things, yes, uh, of course. But overall, you know, I'm in the camp that well, the guy inherited his money on the back of apartheid labor in South in South Africa. Um, Every chance he gets to not be funny and to be weird and to be a complete douchebag, he takes. Uh, And I, I could just cite all kinds of examples, but. The only example you need is on the first day, the first person he fired is the person who made the decision to throw, you know, uh, Donnie Forscoops off. The, the woman who banned, you know, Donnie Forscoops for life was the first person he fired. He wanted to make sure, and he tweeted that out. He wanted to make sure. And then he posted pictures of people who got fired, you know, being escorted out, like carrying their you know, boxes, you know, here's, here's your empty paper box. Get the fuck out. And
0: so yeah, he's tweeting pictures of them leaving in with their boxes and tweeting pictures of himself coming in with a fucking sink.
1: Dude, he's, you know, let you know... that
0: sink in was his tweet. I think that was what he was going for. I thought it was sort of like he's, you know, he, 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 brought everything, including the kitchen sink to Twitter.
1: I don't know what he was going for.
0: I, but... I know that we all had a sinking feeling.
1: Oh, yeah, saw, uh, oh! but seriously, and right away you had, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, just wait till tomorrow. It's like, did
0: we, wait, did we hear this sort of like same thing like on January 5th? <laughs> you know, yeah, just wait till tomorrow wait, yes what, what's happening
1: what's happening <laughs> well that's it i mean it, it's like okay I, you know is there culpability i mean just in the past week last week you know uh nancy pelosi's husband was attacked in his home as the assailant was looking for for her like that's like as scary as we thought it was going to be it's getting there and it, it you know as 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 free speech is uh as hate speech is now free speech again under this guy's rule, I, I, I'm very worried about what happens next, you know? And by the
0: way, I mean, we do have to remember, and I know this is terrible, but Twitter is a private company. They're not beheld by the same standards of free speech. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, it's weird. Right? Cause that same argument, I don't like hate speech. I don't think it is free speech. However, they're they're their own company. It's not the government. You know, I, I don't know. Wh- I, I guess if you're against the practices of Twitter, you don't just bitch about it on Twitter. You just fucking leave. Right. And you go to another place. Right. Is that it?
1: Or well, so 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 that was the thing when, when when Donny Forest groups got thrown off and a lot of people left, and that's so this new, this new this new app is that is that the left is that the MSNBC answer of Parler? Pretty much. It's like, like Par, but but no, I mean if the New York Times came out tomorrow and said go kill a Democrat of your choice, like you cannot do that, even though the New York Times is a public is a private company, you can't incite riots you can't incite you know all these things that yeah the, and that's that's what this well, that's, free speech is is headed towards and
0: that's where it's crazy because you're not just like the New York Times hires journalists to write for on behalf of the New York Times they're all sanctioned writers you know they're they're on the payroll this is just sort of like a hey everybody you get a microphone and you get a microphone and you get a microphone and anybody can post what about me boss <laughs> right and so right and so it's up to the company to police that sort of thing if they want to like be a viable company because i mean bottom line ad if the, he wants if he wants this to be just sort of like this little toy that he uses for the next five years where he doesn't he, like fuck the ad money and just let people say what they want because. The, because of the lulls, um, fine, but it's not a viable business practice. I mean, you gotta you're gonna drive away advertisers, and they're the fucking backbone of Twitter. And you know what? Shit stains, the maga shit stains that are gonna like that love spewing the n word aren't gonna pay. You know, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month for the privilege of having that ability to say what they want. You know, like they're just gonna be, they'll just move on to the next free platform if they're going to be charred. You know what I mean? Like, so the the company has to make money. It's either going to make it with the subscribers or ads. And, you know, if they're going to make it with ads, you can't let that you're going to have to police some of the free speech because the ad people are going to be like, look, man, I don't want my ad to be run between two, you know, anti-Semitic rants on, a, on somebody's well, feed.
1: Well, that that I mean, the scary thing is the first person, the first big band person that was publicly let back on is that rapper i don't even want to say their name anymore but who over the last couple of weeks have been calling out to kill jews like actually and when was questioned about it doubled down on yeah that's what i meant like and now you're seeing people hanging signs over the 405 and in los angeles and so somebody like him who yes got dropped by his agent got dropped by his sneaker company got dropped by this person dropped dropped by by his label got oh my god and when i saw that on snl i'm like that can't. is that did how does (laughs) really like goodwill dropped him well that's
0: sort of an empty thing it's kind of like well you know we won't take donations from from kanye anymore it's like okay great
1: But if you're letting somebody like that go out there and spout that, and some fan or some follower, some white lives matter person who is now saying, oh, well, this black guy told me, you know, I should kill Jews. So I just did. You know, it's like, yeah, there is. And the interesting thing is, yes, it's a private company, but it's a private company worldwide. Other countries have all these laws, too. So, you know, what happens here, you know, you know, doesn't fly in so many other places. And just look, the overall douchebaggery, he bought a company that people thought was like valued at about a quarter of what it was. Dude, if you got $44 billion, solve home. Don't, don't go on your platform now. And shit on the governor of California because there's so many homeless people there. You could solve homelessness with $44 billion. You could solve children hunger worldwide for $44 billion.
0: Well, there is also, yeah, there's going to be the the concern about how Elon Musk's algorithms will sort of alter the way people do business on Twitter and how how other businesses are perceived on Twitter, like rival businesses. like. You know, there's, there's conflicts of interest galore with Elon Musk running Twitter. So, like, he's going to have to abide by, like, you know, FTC trade, you know, you know, FTC regulations. And, you right. know, there's certain things that he can't say because of a conflict of interest. But, of course, I guess if you have enough money, you can say any sort of wacky thing you want and um, you won't get any repercussions. Maybe he has to, you know, run for Maybe that's it. Maybe he's using this as a platform to run for president someday i don't know, you know well like, he would game for
1: this well that's the thing and and i think you're right and that's why like people like uh, elizabeth warren you know the, the the true love of my life uh she wants to deem she wanted to deem facebook like five six years ago a public utility that it should be regulated like if something's going to have that much effect on the landscape of of politics and the public discourse and stuff like that, just like, you know, there are, there, there are all kinds of laws that radio stations have to follow and TV stations have to follow, you know, that they want it to treat it like a public utility. And it's like, yeah, you can, you know, you know, you know, it can be privatized, of course, and you know the energy companies being privatized has been nothing but a great thing for this country in the last thirty years. But it's true. It, it's like yeah, if he's manipulating other people's stocks and you know not letting other companies advertise on that he's isn't invested in or has divested from and stuff like that. Yeah, that 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 could be a real, um a real scary, scary, awful thing. But I mean, I mean
0: it makes you also think about like look. Yes, this is a micro, you know, this is Elon Musk running Twitter ain't great, but it also makes you think, well, hey, by the way, we're watching ABC News. They're run by Disney. They have their own sets of issues. We're watching, you know, like this, all these media organizations are run by corporations and all have agendas and I'm not saying all media is bad and I'm not turning into that It guy. is
1: it, it is though all media is bad it's like even C- CNN has decided look I don't think you know Wolf Blitzer per se wants fascism to reign over the land however uh the no drama Obama era um CNN um and MSNBC were in the tank on ratings. I mean, I mean, they 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 weren't doing good because of no drama. Obama and even Fox News had to make a big deal of a tan suit. Then comes a shitstorm for four years, and everybody was glued to CNN and MSNBC or Fox or then the rise of Newsmax, the rise of OAN, and now CNN is looking at it saying, "Wow, the hate faction." The, the the chaos theory of we make more money promoting chaos and discourse versus the news. They're really pushing. I mean, it's 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 true. For four years, you couldn't not roll over in the middle of the night and check your phone to see if a Keffey cof, uh, tweet went out there, or did we launch something, or did so you know when insanity happens, and all the all the major news companies even. Even MSNBC is now more and more pushing the um, whole—I don't want to say pro—you know, Dr. Oz and Hersha Walker—but they're more. It seems like even they're rooting for chaos quite a bit more, and I don't think it's Rachel Maddow making the call. But
0: look, it's a double-edged sword because we don't free speech. Unfortunately encompasses all speech. And we know it's not, we know hate speech isn't supposed to be part of free speech, but then it's like, all right, well, I guess we all have to sort of agree on what hate speech is and who regulates this and who's the czar of determining what can and can't be said on which platform, you know, who controls what. So it's kind of like, well, we don't want Elon Musk running Twitter because he's going to fuck everything up because he's got an agenda. Okay. Well, what do you want to do then? Well, I guess we'll have to go to another site. Well, who runs that? Uh, A company. Well, who runs the company? I don't know. These people who know computers that have like uh, no agenda. Oh, really? So they don't have any sort of motivation for wanting to draw people to their platform and get eyeballs on an algorithm. And like, they don't want that. Like, is that what? who that sounds almost it sounds very socialist, very like open ended where like it's like nobody profits off of the participation of these platforms, so it gets it gets really down to like okay, well I guess we need uh, maybe we should have like a governmental body that runs Twitter or you know something like that. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like what's the perfect solution? Well, we all just sort of agree, and or or do we all go to a back or do we all go to our separate bubbles? You got the you know the N word people and MAGA people on Parler. And you got the the limousine liberals and the, you know, the or the crunchy organic guy. You know, you know, like you have the lefties on on tribal or whatever the fuck. And then Twitter is like left in the wind because nobody wants, everybody's picked a side already. They don't want to mix and match. They don't want differing opinions. You know, like, so Jacques, what I'm trying to ask is how do we solve this major issue about free speech well, in America well, well, and the well, world? Go. Well,
1: well, that's the thing, Joe. It's, it, it's I don't know how bad the, it has to get before something happens. So far, gun, gun gun guns haven't gotten that bad in the country. We want to do something. Sandy Hook wasn't bad enough. Pulse Nightclub wasn't bad enough. The country's Western show in Vegas wasn't bad enough. Um, Unionville, you know, Texas wasn't bad enough. We can't do it because it hasn't. Now, now you have, now you have... Um, Nancy Pelosi, you know, you had January 6 and that wasn't bad enough. And now you have people breaking into the house of the speaker of the house trying to kill her with her hammer. And that's not bad enough. Like like how much hate speech has to go out out there on these platforms before somebody says, "Okay, we have to shut it down or enough is enough." I don't know, like look, I I I like Twitter, um most of the stuff I follow You know, uh, is comedians and fun stuff and super sports and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I am. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this:
0: If you knew that the owner of a a Target, for example, that you frequented, um, said the N word, right? Would you go back to that Target? (sighs) No. All right. Now, what if that you knew that you know like what if you knew more about these owners of these things and they, what their philosophies are and it, where do we draw the
2: line it's well like yeah some
0: point it's So, like would do we just sort of like we have to just know to be better people and promote good things and well just...
1: you know it's funny that you say that because i was i like i said i don't listen to sports radio so that much at all, sports radio at all anymore like 5% of what I did 3 years ago. And one of the two stations in in Boston and oh in the news station um the the AM radio news station as of a few weeks ago was still running my pilouets. And I'm like, "Wait a minute. This guy is at the epicenter of january 6th this guy is trying to overturn the government and you're still letting him advertise on your thing and i did i'm like well i guess i can't listen to the local am radio station when i need weather updates or or traffic update dates anymore Dude, and I, guess- I,
0: I think i take a my pillow ad right now then the onslaught of political ads that we have in this, in, in, in the country. I mean, for Christ's sake, every, I mean, I, I am of a dying breed. I still watch live local TV because I cut the cord. And sometimes I do, I just want to watch the news and watch a rerun of mash, you know, without (laughs) having to seek it out. And you're, you know, you're inundated with political ads at this time. So it's kind of like, well, who's letting these people like, you know, when you're, when you're hearing about like how, uh, You know, Chris Pappas from New Hampshire is, you know, he votes with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time and Joe Biden 98% of the time. And he's going to take away your rights to do this and that. And you're like, wait, this is complete bullshit. You know, like, yeah, he does that. But, you know, you know, these political ads are like lying and or very much bending the truth. But they still pay. Yeah. No to air. And it's just like, okay, well, you know, the. Radio, the station's answer to that is okay. Equal time, you know, like if they're gonna pay the you know two hundred and fifty bucks per spot to run this ad on the left side, then we're gonna take the same amount of money on the for the ad wizard on the right, on the right, right. side. Or if you're in Idaho, you just get the right side. I mean, you know, you oh, just get the one side. You know, I, got, I shudder to think what the uh, commercials you know, look like in Idaho.
1: It's it's interesting because I got a flyer. It's a second campaign flyer I got from somebody. I'm not going to say their name, but they're running for for you know Congress in the state of Massachusetts as a very red person, and they show them filling their gas tank like frowning, and you can see like it says four dollars. You know, the picture was taken a couple months ago <laughs> because gas prices had come down. And it's like uh you know under joe biden it's like and and then in the grocery store the same thing the doctor oz thing of like you know pointing to how much the food cost it's like you know inflation is killing America and these gas prices are killing it's like and and the whole time it's like i'm not going to stand for it and it's like not this is what i'm going to do you know what i mean it's like this is how and 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 i do i hear the same ads that you do and i I've, I've been really on, on the Alexa listening things, just streaming comedy. And, and that's and, why
0: I'm watching. We don't knock, you
1: know, why, like, that's why, why right, right, right. That. And just like, how many times can I listen to pavements album? Like, you know, cricket rain, cricket rain, not enough. Because while I'm sitting there like a boss playing Resident Evil 2 at 1 in the morning, like, you know, grown men should be doing, uh, I just can't. Even on Twitter, like the last couple of weeks, it's like scroll. I'm just trying to scroll through till I find, oh, here's a movie clip I haven't seen from this movie from 1952. Know. Yeah.
0: I mean, at some point I like Richard Marx, but I mean, I can't listen to him, you know, call out, uh, you know, people who are, you know, Christian that... Don't agree with them and are are being dicks to them and like him. Same with Christopher Titus, you know. Like I I admire that. Yeah, you have to take these assholes to task. Great. Do I have to see it all the time as I'm looking for other stuff on Twitter? You know, maybe that's the thing. Maybe there should be um categories. Maybe we should start classifying what kind of tweets you have. Like you know, it's kind of like you know today I'm gonna go into the the room full of political discourse and then but you know today and right now maybe i'm going to switch over to my retro gaming channel.
1: right no i mean you know why filter by category Listen, this, this is this is what i'm hearing
0: let's let's why can't it be
1: more like pornhub is what you're saying
0: let's <laughs> split. yeah let's splinter the discourse even further let's you know that's the thing is that there used to be a thing of like mixed, like not saying bad things in mixed company because you didn't want to offend anybody. And you were, there was a, there was an air of like being polite. You don't talk religion and politics because it could be divisive. That's all we talk about on Twitter. It seems, you know, that or whatever the like, micro sub genre you're into that maybe you share a handful, whether that be retro gaming or burning crosses, you know, like there's, <laughs> You can get anything you want on these social media platforms. So yeah, there really. the Bottom line is Elon Musk running Twitter is going to have its problems. It already has its problems now, um, and it's like, well, what's the like? What's the better solution? Like that, like everybody owns Twitter and we all take a you know we all take a piece of the pie. Is we, that, we, we
1: become the Green Bay Packers ownership.
0: Yeah. Pretty much, and uh, look how well they're doing. How many Super Bowls have they landed in the past 30 years?
1: Uh, look, dude, 20 years of the Patriots dominance, how many Super Bowls did anybody win? Uh It's a fair question. So, all right. Anyway, my my, two my, question, my rant. My two questions to you are, do you Biff? think Biff,
0: where's Biff? Biff! Biff,
1: Biff. Biff. <laughs> do you think shit stain comes back? And I hate to ask this, Joe, but I'm going to. Uh, by the time this drops, we are eight days from the election, the midterms, and next week we have that great sideshow with with the comedian Jim What. I'm just going to call him Jim What because it's easier because you look at look at my picture. But Jim so, Colliton. So we will not be chatting on on this podcast again before the midterms. How bad do you think it's going to go?
0: Um, it again, like it's gonna be a vote. The bum. It look. This is what happens. You know, there's always a midterm correction. Um, we had the blue wave, and that was nice. Um, and now we're gonna see it. We're gonna see senators Mehmet Oz and fucking Herschel Walker, uh, get sworn in on January 20th, with the rest of the assholes and um it's i think it's not going to be a bloodbath but it definitely is going to tip right we're going to lose the senate um i think um i think it, any it, that's because if you look at the polls as to like what people's most pressing issues are the economy and inflation are like up there and of course they're going to ignore the fact that yeah when a democratic president or when a democrat when the democrats take over washington immediately corporations are going to not be happy and and the covid was like the perfect scapegoat for jacking up prices and you know because of this the, there's already like laws in place that favor corporations so that they don't have to they can price gouge essentially quote unquote price gouge without any repercussions and they can just sort of blame it on. Oh, it's the economy. It's a war in Ukraine. It's the the pandemic. It's, you know, whatever, whatever else we want to blame it on until, you know, we get Republicans back in the control of of the uh, of Congress. And then they start, then you'll see, Oh, uh, for some reason, um, Wall Street is is being you know very bullish today, and it's you know we we're seeing an upsurge. Well, see, in- that's
1: that's what I hate, Joe. It's like Stain had a, it was like a five minute press conference, and it very famously on like a hot mic. was like a, a CNN reporter said, well, that was fucking weird. He came out. He said that the Dow Jones hit $30,000 $30, for the first time ever, and that's a really sacred number, and that's a really, really, this is a really big thing. And then he turned and walked away, like came out just to announce, well, you know, Friday it hit 32000 like, Like, so, so that's the thing that upsets me about the corporate media. When you look what Biden has done in two years, he has passed more bills in two years, and bills – to build roads, to build bridges, to build manufacturing jobs here, to bring manufacturing jobs. So we're not beholden on Taiwan, which is the world's leader of chip makers. Um, I mean, he has done a bunch of things. The economy is not as bad. Like, unemployment's at a 50-year low. Uh, No, they could not get the $15 minimum wage passed. But wages are up. Unemployment is down. And, yes, there's a couple inflation, which is global. There's The inflation that we're going through, people in Australia are going through. People in Japan are going through. It's a global inflation. It's not that. And I grant you, people are too stupid to get that. Here's what scares me, Joe, and I fucking mean this. I fucking mean this. All these pieces of shit coming in there. Like, Dr. Oz is a foreign agent. He has lobbied in the past on behalf of of Turkey, and he voted in the Turkey election. We are going to elect somebody who is a foreign agent of another country. Herschel Walker is brain damaged. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But that's not what... Herschel Walker doesn't scare me. What scares me is Lake, who's going to become governor in Arizona, who already says, if a Republican doesn't win 2024, she's not going to certify the election. Her campaigning in 2022 is, I will not certify the election. The guy who's running for governor in Pennsylvania has said the same thing, that the governor of the state decides where the electoral vote goes, not the voters. You vote me in as governor so i can decide where our 19 electoral votes go when i say i'm worried that this is the last election that we will have the real election yes there's elections every six years i think and in china and i think there's every six years in russia where lo and behold putin wins by 98 percent of the vote uh, simultaneously two percent of the people in russia get thrown off buildings you mm-hmm. know I honestly worry that you have all these, that there are 60% of ballots this election have people running for Senate, Congress, Governor, um, Lieutenant Governor, and Attorney General. Like the five big things are election deniers who are already saying, yes, we're just like... All the, all the anti-abortion, all the fourth pregnancy laws that they had ready to go that, that they call trigger laws, which, you know, because guns in this country, sure, let's call them trigger laws, that went into effect the day that, that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v.ersus Wade, like instantly. And there are all these people who already have things on the ballot who are already saying, yep, we're basically going to do away with voting once we're in office. And that that's what worries me. It's, yes. A foreign agent as a senator. Yes, that worries me. A brain damaged football player as a senator. Yes, that's what worries me. But what I can't even turn on the TV or listen to the radio the last couple of weeks because my stomach is turning. I truly don't believe it's a sky falling. I believe this is our last fair and free election. Good night, well, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that that Yes, every two years, who's ever president, the midterms, it swings the other way. But when when the people are in power are already telling you they're running on a platform to make sure that it never swings the other way again, that that what I've been saying for the past like thirty years that we are becoming apartheid, that the white minority you know, are going to be calling the shots for the next hundred years, as our as the majority slips away because they've already stacked the courts. We, we don't want Biden to stack the courts. We, we don't want him to do what we've done the last thirty years. You know, but they're electing people around the country and the states that matter. California doesn't fucking matter for the president election. New York doesn't fucking matter. You know. Arkansas doesn't matter because the, there are certain states that are going to vote the way they're going to vote. But the eight or nine swing states are now up for grabs in the hands of people who said, no matter what happens in 2024, if I'm governor, I'm giving the state to whoever is on the ticket when 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 uh, when shit stain is running with marjorie taylor green which is the new rumor that you know she's going to be his vice president candidate yes it, we either vote for them or you don't vote at all yeah right so it'll be fun anyway i'm sorry joe i'm sorry so, so right. this must be the last podcast ever because uh i'm gonna mm-hmm. dig a hole in the backyard and hide in it nice forever uh Let's get back on track. Uh, I was hoping Biv was here because a lot of hockey stuff happened this week, Uh, but I don't want to skip over gaming. What is going on in your gaming world, Joe?
0: Not much. I'm just playing that uh, Lego Skywalker saga game and, um, you know, that's about it. Last we
1: tuned in, you were 20% into the game when it crashed. (laughs) Where are you now?
0: (laughs) Um, I think I'm halfway through it. And I, have yeah, so I've, I've, Finish the entire cycle of episode stories, so now it's like all free play where you can go back and it's like a collectathon, and you go on the side mission
1: so you can chip away at that and have a good time. And are you going to 100% this game?
0: Uh, maybe I don't know. It's it it, it seems it, it seems doable, but uh, I'm not gonna you know quit my day job. To, you know, put that time and effort into it. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll get bored with it and move on. I have so many games, as you can see behind me. Yes. I have so many games to get to well, before if I'm the,
1: kicked out of my house. If the apocalypse happened and you get power, there'll be time now. Yes. <laughs> but let's hope your glasses don't break. Because then, <laughs> you then... know what? They might. So I wanted to talk like a little, you know, I'm bummed that, you know, Biff's not here because, uh, well, you know, I I, I wanted to throw this out there. I wanted to ask him, Phil Kessel, who's one of those, you love him or you hate him and, you know, kind of guys. um, He's bounced around the NHL, just broke the record for the Ironman, the most games played in a row. And a lot of people are poo-pooing that on one hand, dude, just the travel to not miss a game in like, I think it's like 13 seasons. It's a crazy number how many games he has played in a row. It's it's like 1,100, something like that. But there was one game where he flew from point A to point B, played one shift, played like a 30-second shift to keep the streak going. But then again, you know, uh, uh um, Carl Ripken had done the same thing. I, I, I you know, I was friends with, uh, I was friendly with. I, you know, our friend Ross has been on the podcast. You know, one of his close childhood friends was the assistant GM at the time of the of the uh, Orioles, and there was a lot of people who were like, him going for this record is hurting the team. Like, like at that point in the time, he should have been a DH. He should not have been the everyday shortstop for. But I think. The, the thinking was, well, if we get him out of there, we're only going to miss the playoffs by eighteen games. With him in there, we're going to miss the playoffs by twenty-two games. So let him get the record. His father was coach forever. His brother Fuckface was on the team, um, and you know that story. Um, so let him go for the record. So I, you know, so I, I was interested really to get Biff's take on that. Uh, the other funny thing, if, if, as it relates to our four listeners. Uh, our good friend, uh, the blind squirrel, was calling out Bruin player. The Bruins came out of the gates, winning like four of the first five games, and our friend, the blind squirrel, was saying, "Yeah, but Taylor Hall has been invisible this whole time." And they picked him up last year at the trade deadline, and he he had a decent season, um, and it was big things were expected, uh, and and blind squirrel called him out on our thread. Uh, The next four games in a row, he was either first star of the game or top three stars of the game. And I don't know if the Bruins recognize that that, that by by our friend calling him out on our little text group, must have been the catalyst for Taylor Hall (laughs) turning his season around. And I think they should make him part of the... uh, I think they should make him part of the uh, the coaching group, but, but that's me. But you know, I don't. I don't know if you have a theory on it because you were on that group, but you usually don't jump in too much on it.
0: No, I have nothing on that. <laughs> nothing.
1: <laughs> okay, so we'll get into what are you watching?
0: What am I watching? Um, gee, I, I finished
1: Cobra Kai, dude. The best. Yeah, doesn't disappoint. I do. I, do you, do you kind of want this to be it because because my little guy who's who who was the catalyst behind us watching it and loved it. we watched it as a family. it took so long because of our schedule because he really wanted to watch it with his mom and I. and even he was like, eh, they sewed it all up. They tied up all the loose ends. He can I mean not really. I mean they left a couple things open, but yeah, I'd be okay. I like it. I loved the ending. You know, um,
0: yeah, no, no, it's definitely it. It's already been announced that they're doing a season six, and that will be the final season. So, um, I'm not disappointed knowing going into this, knowing that there was going to be a definitive final season after it. I, I like where they took it. I thought, uh, I thought the very end thing was a little silly, but I forgive everything on this show because they do everything so well. They lean into all of the cheesiness. They walk that line between stupid and great. There's a fine line between brilliant and stupid, and <laughs> Dude, <laughs> they it, they walk it. I,
1: it. It was, you know, we don't know who's going to watch it, so we won't talk. We'll talk spoilers in a, in a month or so, but I will just say at one point, finally, Finally, one of the adults at one point finally took their phone out of their pocket and said, I'm calling the police <laughs> like like this, 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 this show could have lasted four episodes. And one person just calls the police and says, hey, this is going on. Come down and, and, and fix this. And, and, and um...
0: no, but they all have to take it upon themselves to uh, dole out justice as they see fit.
1: What was awesome is so my twelve year old who who loves it squishy, uh, we were driving back from a Halloween party the other day, and we were talking about it, and then I, I tailored him, I I, I, I I John C tailored him by uh, by asking very leading questions under a deposition, and I said to him because I want because he. He hasn't had this moment yet. I'm like, hey, who was the bad guy in the... How many credit kit movies was Tony Russo in? He goes, three. I'm like, oh, right. Who was the bad guy in the first one? Oh, that was Johnny. Uh, Who was the bad guy in the second one? And he's like, oh, they went to Japan. They went to... Oh, that was Chosen. I'm like, right. Hey, who was the bad guy in the third one? And then he was like, oh, my God, it, it finally hit him that the four of those guys are in a car together. You know, and it's like the the one the one bonding thing is those other three guys at one point of another try to kill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Daniel I don't know about.
0: Kim.
1: Oh, no. Chosen. Chosen wanted to kill him. That's Chosen was going to fight him to to the death and stuff like that. How and, great is Chosen, by the way, dude? I I uh, The phone call that he makes outside of the bar, you know what I mean? It's like you just – he's wise. He's worldly. He has wisdom that goes back centuries. Still can't. Yeah. Still can't, you know.
0: Yeah, you still can't close the deal. You
1: you know, which was – look, I loved it. I loved it. Um, You know, it was very satisfying. Like I said, I'm happy. I'm not – Bummed that's going to be a season six, but I think it's like okay. We, if you want to tie up a couple more loose ends, great. But I, I was very happy, and it's it's awful. The show is awful, and it's and it's awesome at the same time. I mean, you know? let's
0: also give a shout out to our boy, um uh, our boy uh, Stingray. Oh, dude, Stingray! It's just so like he his his little shining moment was perfect.
1: It was ever. I mean everybody got the, the the new girl who you know had that moment of okay you, you here's your time to make your you know your decision here
0: choose aside kind of thing you
1: know? I, I I will say I will say there's a moment um in the as the fight wound down between Miguel and um Robbie Robbie on the balcony where I'm like no 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 no. No, no. I, I I had so much anxiety. And then when Johnny tells him what's going on, their reaction, dude, that made me really happy. It it just, you know, it filled me with goodness in a shitstorm of her world. By the way, as an older
0: straight white male, um, I find it a lot more confusing nowadays to like watch episodes with like supposed teenagers, um, some of them female, um, lounging by a pool. In, in, in swimwear, you know, for an obviously, you know, for the for the obvious reasons that they're being shown lounging by the pool in swimwear, and I'm googling like, okay, she's 22. Okay, she's 20.
1: Right, she's right. 24. It's like, oh no, it's like I don't want to, you know, and and or, or or look, hey, truth be told, oh thank goodness he's 23. Oh thank goodness he's, you know, because <laughs> you, you know it used to be like, okay, Phoebe Cates was Phoebe Cates on that diving board, but George Reinhold was a frumpy, you know, uh, you know, but now all of these guys like, wait, the D list character, you know, uh, you know, whatever the nerd quote unquote, like he's ripped like Jesus. You know, when you see like, wait, Hawk is, is ripping an eight pack. It's like, and as you know, you said, you know, I'm walking that thinking, well, as, 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 a primarily straight white right guy. I, I want to check out to make sure that these guys are old enough. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, I'm that old now where I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see that. Can we just, you know, we don't need to see. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: yeah, <laughs> no, it's like,
1: you know. Put a shirt on, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, the boys love when I say that because I'm the old guy. If I'm driving down the street and somebody's just walking, like with their, you know, jeans with their shirt hanging out of the back pocket, I'm like, oh, he must be allergic to shirts. Put a <laughs> shirt I out. Don't, I, I don't actually yell out the window, but I yell to myself, put a shirt on. Right. At least um, we're
0: not Bill Cosby and saying, pull your pants up. You know, that's,
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's what we call Oh. It. Dark, so. Oh. So, so Cobra Kai, I, um, the other, the other thing that I, I've, you know, it's great. It's like, dude, I'm biased. I get it. I get it. I'm biased. But um, the Jedi Tales, which is a new bunch of a- animated shorts, yep, which is backstories. Um, like the last two episodes I watched with the squishy. Count Dooku's backstory Mm -hmm. and it's it's you know without giving too much away it's like we're introduced to the great actor Christopher Lee as Count Dooku um, as being this Jedi turned Sith and he's an asshole and he is and he's awful but these stories are like yeah but this is kind of what was going on with the Jedi Order at the time that kind of drove them that way. And it's like they're making these, these these evil characters, like, you know, the whole it's thing. Pathetic, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like... Well,
0: yeah, I mean, that's... I, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago uh, talking about the a Phantom Menace. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's stating the obvious, but me not living in the Star Wars universe 24-7, it doesn't dawn on me. But it's like, yeah, the Jedi were portrayed as like real do-nothing elitist assholes that just sort of like took their power for granted and you know they they got a little too big for their britches let's just say
1: yeah well that's what they you know and it's painting it's painting cow you know they have to go rescue this senator's son from these people who um who kidnapped his son and all of a sudden like the son is like yeah these people should have kidnapped me to get his attention. My dad's fucking awful. Look at how he's living in this wealth and they're in poverty and he's been in forever. and and I I almost opened my mouth to start uh, explaining the Stockholm syndrome to <laughs> to my twelve year old, it's like, well, there was this girl named Patty Hearst uh. who was abducted. But I'm like, yeah, there's a bit of Stockholm syndrome going on there. But it, it's right; it's one of those things. And then when the Jedi come to to free him, and then that's when Dooku has a moment. It's like, you know, it, it's is you know, there's another Jedi with him, and they have this whole debate. When the townspeople bring that up, it's like they see the Senate is being corrupt. And that the Jedi are just the muscle of the corrupt senators, and well, here you see, here you see it. This senator has been the longest-serving Senate, The Capitol, you know, it's like, you know, any of those things. You know, the Hunger Games. It's like, you know, yeah. you know, Division One or or, or whatever one versus the people starving out in like you know Sector Nine or something like that. It's like, so they're representing me, but they're big fat fucks living high off the hog and we are truly starving to death. And you know, the Jedi are here to beat us up. (laughs) Like like we're the
0: the bad guys. Yeah. They're the cops for the Senate. Yeah. It's weird. Um, One thing I did want to, one thing I did want to mention, speaking of watching things, and I didn't tell you about this until just now, I finally saw 1979's classic heaven can wait.
1: Oh dude. Why, Why? Oh, Ah. you didn't tell me that till now because I would have spent 90 percent of the podcast talking about this. Oh, and your thoughts. That's
0: a f- perfectly fine movie. I like, you know, I liked it. Um, it was nice seeing, you know, uh, Brian Gumbel make a little guest appearance. Right. <laughs> Very young Brian Gumbel. Yeah. But oh, it was, you know, the cast of I mean, Buck Henry, who co-wrote or co-directed the movie rather um, as the, uh, the the fuck up angel. Um you know James Mason and obviously Warren Beatty, uh, uh, Diane. You, you have to Charles say his Cronin. name like this, Charles Mason. <laughs> um, we've made a mistake. You have to go back. We've we've looked all over and we've we've looked at every a- possible athlete that we could imagine. All the white ones, of course. We <laughs> wouldn't dare consider a black athlete because you know, and uh, <laughs> it would be kind of a get-out situation if we did that. <laughs> Um, no, it was a fine movie. Um, it um, yeah, it was just it was weird. Diane Cannon was just very like, like just awful from the beginning, like just like an awful person. But I I like I liked Warren Beatty's sort of like plain guy delivery, like he sold it well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, Jack Warner.
1: You keep your eye on that. That that Warren Beatty, I think he's gonna make something for himself.
0: Oh, uh, is it uh, Jack? Yeah. Is it Jack Warner? Am I getting his name right? The 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 um, you know the the the, shit. The the guy. I see his face. You know, he's got the mustache. He's the guy who's the trainer that uh, he confides in. Like that's the that's the thing about these sort of like secret identity movies and shows. Is I love watching the person who's, you know, hiding in another person's body, trying to convince somebody that they're them, you know, and like, yep. here's the clue, like, here's me playing the saxophone, here's me, you know, uh, you know, giving you, uh, you know, uh, fixing your back, that kind of like, you know, the like yep. only things that he would know kind of things I like, I, I'm a sucker for those types of yep. uh, moments. So all in all, and you know, I was like, okay, this is Quantum Leap. Now I get what Quantum Leap was based on. <laughs>
1: Well, and, and I'll chase back to that movie that I was talking about, like that 1946 English movie where it's the first time you see the escalator going up, and it's the first time, like, although oh, there was no escalator in Heaven Can oh, but there is the whole, oh, you weren't supposed to be here, or you say, you know, let's let's have, yeah, no, it's great. I'm glad you watched it. That's great. I'm 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 i I'm, I'm happy as a little girl, <laughs> Mike Myers. Well, you know
0: what? It was it was leaving whatever platform it was on, and it was like you know movies that are just about to go. You better. Fast. I'm like, oh, no, Jacques will be mad at me if I don't watch Heaven Can Wait. I
1: have to. I have uh, to. Yeah, so, uh, I'll be mad at you for other things. But but that <laughs> that's one. That, let me hold on. Let me get out the list. Yeah. Okay. Cross up. He hasn't seen Heaven Can Wait. And uh, hit me with a parenting tip. Oh, my goodness.
0: Well, um, gee. Gee whiz. You know, Biff's so much better at these. Maybe I can give a parenting tip as Biff. Okay. Let's have it. Uh, if um, I can't go. I, I can't do Biff's voice. I don't know. Like it's, if you uh, if you're to if your kid's going to uh, be on your car insurance, make sure he's able to pay for that car insurance on his own. You make sure what? he can drive. All right, make, make sure that yeah he drives, and that he's not drinking when he's driving. You know, that's that's Biff's parenting tip. I don't know.
1: So Sorry, my par- my parenting tip, whoo, doozy here. <clears throat> be careful what you wish for. Just, just just be careful what you wish for because um, if I had one wish, if I had one wish, look the crap with the kids logistics, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here's the deal. Let me break it down. Give you the skinny. Update you. I've been doing jujitsu again. Mm. I've been doing jiu-jitsu with my 15-year-old. I'm doing jiu-jitsu with my 15-year-old who's 40 pounds hairier than I was when I played junior hockey. I'm doing jiu-jitsu with my 15-year-old who is all chest, shoulders, and arms. Uh, that mother almost beat me the other day. Like, literally. We are grappling and and I didn't want to start on the ground because like, I'll be honest, I didn't want to go on the ground. I just wanted to throw him on the ground and have it be like, you know, a wrestling thing more than an on the ground grappling thing because I didn't want to go down, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, ah, that no, was because usually you, you start down. Uh, it took everything. It, it like, it's mm. like pound for pound. He is just a bull. Like, like, and like you said, it's all shoulders and, and it's arms. And, you know, on one hand, from the neck up he cannot do a push-up plank or pull up to save his life you know because he doesn't think he can but when you're actually and it's funny because he came for for the halloween party we had a couple weeks ago again our friend from college sleeves uh cornbread uh bill tendo came over and i was giving him a little tour of the house he has these two sweet daughters, uh, eight and six, nine, nine and seven, something like that. And I was saying, oh, well, let me show you the difference between a house where you're raising two uncaged animals, uh, because there's holes in every wall, there's a break. I'm in one where I'm like, yeah, see that hole in that door? That wasn't there last week. He was fighting with his brother. And my oldest didn't like me, you know, pointing out that our house is destroyed for his shenanigans. Comes in the room and starts throwing these. He's choking, but he's throwing what's called a switch kick. And luckily, I know how to block it and absorb the absorb the kick. And my buddy from college is just looking at me like, "What the fuck is going on?" And and then you know when he charged me, it's like. You know, it's like, look, just because I taught him everything he knows didn't mean that I taught him everything I know. And I was able to spin him, you know, you know, take him down and like, you know, do this thing called side control. So he couldn't. And then we're, we're like laughing about it. My friend is horrified. It's like this this, th- this. This is how you interact with you. Like somebody should be calling DSS or social services for elder care. Depend who's winning the fight. <laughs> But my parenting tip is be careful because, you know, it's like, yeah, I've been pushing him dude, You have to do this. You have to stick with it. And now we're at the we're at the tipping point, you know, because I had always said to him, you know, how long do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? This is a stupid. Dude, the day you can keep me from putting you in the car, you don't have to go anymore. Uh, so we might not be having to go to jiu-jitsu much longer.
0: Hey, you know, he's saving a couple of bucks, I'm sure.
1: Oh too well uh well 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 biff thank you for jumping on it's as always this has been a a pleasure yapping with you but uh but i'm done for the day
0: yes and uh thank you joe for coming on (laughs) um it's always been a pleasure this is uh hey all you birds this is biff talking to you um no i'm not really biff i'm joe your friend for life um Whose life? Who could say? Um, But uh, I I do love each and every one of you. And thank you so much for listening, taking time out of your day. You could be listening to literally anything else. You could be listening to the emergency broadcast system on a loop for an hour straight, and it would be more entertaining than what you just heard. Um, But you chose us, and for that, we are forever humble. So follow us for now on Twitter. We already... (laughs) I think we're on Facebook, right? Uh, you know, we on Facebook as Carnival Personnel Podcast or Carnival Podcast. Who the hell knows? Who cares? Um, if you want to hear Jacques, uh, you know, ramble about. Well, I don't know. You don't really tweet much. I don't know. I don't know what you do on Twitter under the Carnival Podcast uh, moniker. You, you, you. At I think you just replied to like people who post videos of. Johnny Carson clips and just tag me in them and say, we got to add this to the list or wasn't this great or this is the top five Johnny Carson segment ever. And then I have to heart it. And, you know, just, Yes, I agree. I see you. That's very nice. That was a very nice tweet that you included me on. Thank you. Um, everybody should have a friend like Shock on Twitter. Um, and you probably, if you're listening, you do have a friend like Shock on Twitter because he follows you and you him. You know, so on that note, uh Jacques, um uh, don't forget
2: This comes again the whole damn world's paternity. i She's on a tear Costing off the air There's no one left To keep her safe Three years of mental Down the drain Busy knows she should go But the hospital set no Crying chan- Jack.